0: Thanks for tuning in to the Harvest Chapel podcast. We hope this message inspires, challenges, and encourages you while giving you practical steps to take in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, you could grab them, and we'll eventually get to Matthew 25. We're continuing our series entitled Planted And I believe it's a timely collection of talks for us as a church Uh, But I want to start today with a famous quote from JFK President uh, John F. Kennedy from 1961 If you're under 20, I just want to remind you that I wasn't alive in 1961 In case you're wondering But he issued a challenge to all Americans And he said, ask not what your country could do for you But ask what you could do for your country now, I love quotes, and uh, I think this is a great one. And it's amazing how it has stood the test of time. And, and this principle is amazing. It's a challenge which uh, all of us should at least consider. But it doesn't only apply to our country, of course, it applies to every group or community to which you and I belong. Uh, for example, what if we did uh, this and we just ask ourselves this question ask not what your family could do for you, ask what you could do for your family or your spouse? Okay, time out. time out. all right. We're just getting going and I'm off already. But this first and second service, you guys both hose that one up completely. Right? I said that in first service and everyone's like, uh-uh, nope, nope. Right? And I'm like, I'm counting on, I, I said, Danette, keep track. I'm counting on my second service friends to step up and at least be aware that we should serve our, our spouses. Amen. Alright, so I'm going to give you a little grace as a redo, but I want you to know you definitely did not outperform first service. I'm just going to leave that right there. Alright. Or your friends, or your neighborhood, or how about this? Not what your church could do for you, but what you could do for the church. Capital C Church, the body of Christ, not harvest, right? I mean, what, 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 if, we, what if we, us, we broke the, the mold of what's so current in church today in America, And it's this just ugly, self-serving consumer mindset, right? And it's crept into the church. Our whole country has this consumeristic mindset, and it's crept into the church. You know, if we don't sing a song you like, or if you don't like something I say, or if I offend you, you're out finding something else. I mean, the church landscape is filled with church hoppers and shoppers. But what if we got the mind of Christ and say, because I have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna get planted, I'm gonna get rooted, and I'm gonna make a difference in the church where I'm at. I think it should start with us, right? And I know life is too short not to enjoy church, so if you don't enjoy this one, find one that you do and get, get grounded and, and make a difference, but it's not about you. That's almost as that, that, that landed almost as well as the marriage thing, right? It's not about you, right? Ask not what others can do for you. Ask what you can do for others. And this mindset is so foreign in our culture these days. We would probably agree that people have always had it what's in it for me type of mindset, right? And I'm as guilty as anyone, by the way. I'm not coming up here on my high horse saying I'm all this and you're not. I'm saying collectively, since the beginning of time in the, uh, in, in the Garden of Eden, we've seen that self-serving and self-centeredness has been endemic to the hu- human condition. And I tell you what, it's not God-honoring, right? It's not God-honoring. It's not the way of Jesus at all. And I think something happens, or should happen, that is crazy supernatural in its way, it transforms our lives when we come to Jesus. Right? When we come to Jesus, this thing called sanctification happens, right? When you give your life to Jesus, right? Here's the theological term, sanctification. When you give your life to Jesus, you are sanctified. You are set apart into God's service. And then sanctification is a process that we continue to grow and become more like Jesus. When we come to the Lord, we begin to see beyond ourselves, right? We begin to see beyond ourselves. We begin to understand sometimes for the very first time that there is a God and you're not it. There is a center of the universe and you're not it, right? We begin to understand that life isn't only about accumulating all I can for me. Me, 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 me. Right? I mean, when we come to Christ, we need to begin to understand that we share this people planet with billions of people. And these people, so many, are broken. They're hurt. They're lost. They're confused. They're full of guilt, regret, and shame. They're, they're, they don't know where to go. I mean, people are hurting and if we act, act we got it all together and we're some little country club and we don't care about them we are totally and completely missing the heart of god right right these people exist not only halfway around the world but halfway down the block or halfway down your row right so our challenge as believers is to look beyond the world of me and my junk, and my pain, and my stuff, and me, 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 right? It's just like our littles. You you, you know, like, remember when your kids were small? Like, some of the first words, you want it to be dad or mom, and it's like, the first word's mine? (laughs) What? We're like, right? I don't know. So we need to look beyond ourselves. So as we dive deeper into this series on Planted, I want to talk to you today about another essential step in serving Jesus The first week we talked about Being a follower of Jesus Christ Is you're all in it's, a, it's an everyday thing It's not a Sunday thing Twice a month It's not a twice a year thing Can I tell you something Coming to church Should be one of the highest priorities Of our lives There's something that happens When we come together as the body of Christ Is harvest perfect? Not close Am I perfect? Not even No But no No talk to my wife afterwards she'll give you all the details right i'm not but there's something happens when we're obedient to jesus when he says don't forsake the assembly of the saints something happens there's something happens when we identify with the body of believers there's something happened when we 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 understand this is a day-to-day journey but there's this time we come together and we talked about the first week the second week we talked about the essential need of praying, spending time in God's presence and talking to Him. That sometimes we make this out to be way too difficult in our head and really it's all about relationship and you just talk to Jesus. If you missed that one, I encourage you to listen to it. Last week, Rachel talked to us about how we could study the Bible. That's another one. If you missed it, jump online at harvestchapel.net and listen to it. But today, we're gonna talk about serving. Serving is an essential to the life of every believer. And we firmly believe at Harvest Chapel that just because you go to church, it doesn't make you a Christian, right? Just because you grew up in church and your grandmother or grandfather were super spiritual, it doesn't pass down through your genes, right? Being a follower of Jesus Christ is an intentional decision to invite Jesus into your life, to receive his forgiveness, and to make a commitment to do your best. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to live out his word. Not mine, not my word, but his word. Not just the parts that are comfortable, but all of it. And it is a journey, right? And there's grace for that journey, and there's power for that journey. And so today we're going to look at that essential fundamental aspect of the Christian life called service. This is what Jesus says, right? Anytime we say this is what Jesus says, a follower of Jesus needs to lean in. Because he's the boss, right? In Mark 10, he says, whoever wants to become great among you. Listen to this. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Jesus didn't only teach that, but he demonstrated this with his life. In the days before he died, he was with his disciples and he did something completely unexpected. John chapter 13 And it says, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. John chapter 13. Luke adds another, uh, some more detail that John doesn't mention in Luke chapter 22, verse 24. And I love this because it just provides a richer context. He says, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was to uh, was to consider to be the greatest now okay pause with me here so you're in a room with jesus jesus and his disciples remember a disciples a student a follower a pupil an apprentice right so these guys don't have it all together they're just trying to figure out but can you imagine in the presence of jesus that there's a couple of them start arguing about who's the greatest I'm going to tell you this right now, in case you're new to this. If Jesus is in the room, you're never going to be the greatest. Right? Right? If you don't think Jesus is in the room, you're still not the greatest. Right? Jesus is always the greatest. So I I can't imagine. I'm like, I love the humanity of these guys because I could relate to their humanity much more than I could relate to any perfection. But I can't imagine they're arguing over who's going to be all that in a bag of chips. So Jesus responds... And shows them what great, greatness looks like. He washes their feet. Now remember, this was not an act of a general. It wasn't an act of a king. It wasn't an act of a, a, a rabbi, a teacher. It wasn't even the act of a normal, average person like you and I, right? This washing of feet is what servants did, right? The lowliest of the low right? They would just wash their feet. Now you're like, why in the world are they washing each other's feet? Great question. Well, back in the day, the roads were dirty. They were dusty. They were unpaved. They they didn't have the shoes we have like uh, now. And so when they'd show up at the house, their feet would be filthy. And so before they'd enter in and get settled in, the servant would wash their feet, right? So it was the servant's job. And this is what Jesus did for the disciples. And then he says, back to John chapter 13, verse 12, he goes, Do you understand what I've done for you? I mean, like, do you guys get it? You're arguing about who's going to be all that in a bag of chips. Do you understand what I've done for you? And then it goes on to say in verse 14, now that I, listen to this, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I think it's amazing. Now, obviously times have changed, right? Different day you don't need to wash my feet, I don't need to wash your feet, we've got shoes, we've got paved roads, we don't have servants, but I want you to know something that that just holds true today is the heart of serving one another, right? The heart that Jesus modeled that if you're gonna be great, you gotta get low. Are you with me, right? Jesus modeled this amazing picture of what it looks like to serve, what a christian looks like at harvest we say we serve in three directions we serve god we serve the house the household of faith and we serve those that are far from god outside of the building that's what we do with a smile with a heart towards jesus now i love what martin luther king said he said everybody can be great because anybody could serve you don't have to have a college degree to serve you don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve you only need a heart full of grace A soul generated by love. I love those words. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote the majority of the New Testament. He said this in Galatians 5. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now listen to this. And this is a good thing. You are called to be free, but do not not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Right? You're free, but don't waste your freedom. This is what he says. Rather, serve one another humbly in what, say it, love right I love that serve humbly love the challenge for today we want to serve humbly with love that's what we do as believers I love that so today I want to talk to you about quickly and I'll move quickly uh, how we can develop the heart mind and attitude of a of someone who obeys Jesus's command to serve Right. This is something all of us can do. We're all called to do. And my prayer for this service has been this. One, Spirit of God, transform our hearts to become more like you. That's my prayer all the time. And number two, listen, even though we're doing this series on the basics or the essentials of Christianity, I would submit to you with a pure heart that I don't know anyone in my life that have mastered the basics of Christianity. None of us have arrived. Are you with me? We all have room to grow in the essentials. I am still journeying. I still want to get better in prayer and read my Bible. I want to be uh, clear that this is a journey. We don't get to a place where we're like, I've got it all nailed down. I've got it all perfect, right? We don't do that. It's true when it comes to this thing called serving. So my prayer is that we could see where, what we know and then where we're at and we could close the gap. Are you with me? We know a lot, but we don't always do a lot. We've got to close the gap of what we know about the things of God and what we practice about the things of God so here's how we could do it super simple basic we could all do this together ready number one we need to serve with a hands-on approach we got to serve with a hands-on approach we live in a day of what has been described as the age of slacktivism I love that word slacktivism what is it? Well, it could be said uh, it's like the idea of liking a status on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, sharing a leak, a uh, link, or retweeting something, or expressing our righteous indignation in a strong worded comment, uh, and think that we somehow are doing our part. Now, if you don't understand what that is, just go back to some of your feeds during the elections. Right? slacktivism is the idea that having information or expressing an opinion or feeling about a topic is the same thing as actually doing something now there is nothing wrong with holding strong opinions there is nothing wrong with being passionate about things i'm just suggesting that's not where it ends right god has called us to be more than keyboard warriors which is my opinion Uh, Anyone with me There's four of you Great I'm I'm encouraged So the the challenge is When you feel these convictions What are you going to do with them So now put it in the context of being a believer in Jesus And I think every Christian Needs to just grapple with this today Other than expressing My opinion What am I doing with my life What am I doing Now understand, here's the beautiful thing We are saved by grace, not by works We're saved by grace Not by works But because we've been saved by grace We should all get to work Right? My works don't save me I'm not going to earn any more favor from God Because I'm a pastor and you're not But because God's done something radical in my life One of the ways I could express my love and gratitude Is to be obedient and to honor him with my life, right? So we get to work and we know that in in any organization, including churches, spectators and critics and consultants run the gamut. They're everywhere, right? A fully engaged, hands-on servant is way beyond value and it's rare. Maybe put in the context of your work Do you know anyone do you have any co-workers or team members who want to observe and supervise everyone but never do anything look straight ahead right now (laughs) it's not a new phenomenon uh, Nehemiah we talked about him week two about being ready to pray in season and out of season but when he was rebuilding the wall there was a group of people that just didn't want to help right And and it said in Nehemiah 13 the next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa listen to this but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors i guess they consider themselves i don't know too high and mighty and i think that's interesting because we in our culture put on pedestals people that are famous because they're famous and never really have done anything rather than celebrating people that have actually made contributions right slacktivism Right, I think there's something about Just getting your hands on something And, and, and making a difference As a pastor I am fortunate That I, I, I come in contact with many free consultants If you're new I'm being sarcastic They usually start with Hey pastor you should do this Pastor we did this at my last church Why don't you try this And I'm like hey why don't you try this Oh no I don't have time for it Right Free consulting when I was new here at Harvest used to drive me crazy. Because of God's grace and just getting older, I've been able to handle it now without saying a really dumb and rude comment, right? But we're surrounded by it. What I'm talking about today is getting involved Serving with your hands Two ways you could do it here at Harvest One, how about this One, sign up to be on one of our ministry teams Serve, right Get on a weekly or bi-weekly rotation Where you get to be a part of a ministry team Which is really cool Because you get to serve with some amazing people You get to use your gifts and talents To make a difference in the lives of people And uh, it goes a long way right? You never know how you could play a part In someone's next step in their faith Or how about this, outside of the church How about just being available Being spontaneous, being that Spur of the moment like, hey here's an Opportunity I could serve, someone needs a ride You'll give them a ride, someone needs a babysitter, you'll be a Babysitter, a friend is under the weather, you bring them A a bowl of soup, I don't know Uh, You know, if you're the First one up in the morning, make breakfast Someone's saying That would be a good idea But here's what we know, life is full Of unplanned opportunities and we miss them because so often we always have our eyes just on ourselves. And I want you to say this one more time to see if you do it any, uh, any better. This also applies to your marriage. Amen. Average, average at best. <laughs> Here's another way serve with a low profile. This is big. And what I mean here, when we serve, let's serve with a low prof- profile. That doesn't mean you gotta hide. What it means is guard the posture of your heart. And I guess this would really just allude to is why we do what we do, right? The fact that so many times people uh, who serve at Harvest do so many great things and and there's just no recognition. People don't even see them. Sometimes you'll serve and do something for someone with not even an acknowledgement. And I know for some personality types it really drives you crazy, but I, I just think if we could remember the why, we won't have to worry about their response to what we do, right? Jesus said this, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So this is talk about giving, but it also applies to serving. When we serve, we're serving to put a smile on God's face, to be a load lifter for someone or some ones, and we don't need to issue a press release when we act like Jesus. Jesus. We do it because Jesus has done something in us. I'm gonna tell you, and maybe I've told you this before, I can't remember, of one of my most embarrassing, as I look back on it, conversations I've ever had with someone I really, really respected. I've, had, I've said a lot of dumb things, and you've heard a lot of them. But this was embarrassing I'm sitting at a table with one of my mentors I was a young youth pastor Our youth pastor was, uh, our youth group was growing really fast We were in a small town of about 5,000 uh, I grew up in California So this was a whole different way of living for me um, I'm newly married um, and, and I just I don't know Sometimes I have a thin filter between my brain and my mouth uh, And I told this guy He was a, a leader I was under his leadership And I said you know I'm a little frustrated Because I'm working really hard we're, we're winning God's doing some really great things But I'm stuck out here in this small town And God's going to forget where I'm at No one will know No one will know Of these great things Wes is doing Remember I told you I was embarrassed I'm embarrassed now right And I brought this uh, conversation up with him A handful of years ago And he looked at me and he goes You know why are you doing it God will never forget where you're at. And it was just this time like a gut check of just remembering why, not where, not even to who, but why I was serving as a youth pastor there. And you know, here's the irony. I was complaining that God would forget where I was in this small town in Kansas. In Kansas, I didn't even know existed when I grew up in California, right? <laughs> I thought I needed a passport. Who knew? You know, I and then fast forward, and Danette and I have spent the last 15 years plus in a small town with a church in the middle of cornfields, right? Yeah, and I don't say it, I don't say it for an applause. I say it because I learned a lesson. It doesn't matter where you're at if you understand the why, and it's to put a smile on God's face and to be obedient. So do good when you can, quietly under the radar, and let God take care of what happens next this is just free i really believe that a scourge on modern day christianity is just the unending self-promotion of christians and christian leaders if you want to be great you got to get low right if you want to make an impact how about let jesus prop you up in due time and not yourself What about just having this pure heart Of saying I just want to help So our purpose in giving Our purpose in going Our purpose in helping Is not to benefit me It's for us to benefit others Are you tracking? Right This is kind of hard hitting Because we naturally bend towards self And Jesus wants us to live a transformed life So we can more supernaturally bend towards others And it really honors God Right So he sees what you do he will make sure you're taken care of. And I want you to know this church is full of people that serve behind the scenes that you, you will never know. I was shocked when I found out someone, someones every week put those little cards in those seat pockets. I thought they just naturally reproduced. <laughs> they come in, I've seen them, they come in. I, I, I put up cameras like those deer, deer cameras, you know. I, I, I track them, right? They come in, they stack them up. Do you know there are people that come in and clean the toys in the nursery so your kids have a less likely uh, chance to get sick from sticking a toy in their mouth, right? There's no Shane playing in the background softly. No stage lights. It's just like whatever they use, Clorox or whatever. I don't know, acid, I don't know, right? But they're just cleaning the toys. And I think, that's not acid, I'm just kidding. Uh, Seeing if you're paying attention. Some of you are thinking about waffles and so I just wanna just draw you back in. But I just think it's like these people who serve under the radar they remember the why we have people that come and serve uh the people who have needs in our community and give them food and 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 supplies and all of these things and I'm just like wow they will never get the high five or fist bump maybe in this life but eternity will show a clear and distinct picture of the difference they have made are you tracking with me God will not forget what you do. Here's, an, here's one more. We need to learn to serve with no strings attached. No strings attached, right? Some people say, hey, I'm gonna take care of you, but then I'm just gonna remember and you owe me one. Do you have any friends like that, the ones that are just gonna remind you of that one time in 25 years that you helped them move? you know the other 14 times they couldn't go because they they slipped a disc or whatever and you knew they were playing basketball the day before i'm not bitter i just i've heard a story right no i'm kidding but no strings attached jesus says this when you listen to this powerful when you give a luncheon or dinner do not invite your friends your brothers or sisters your relatives your rich neighbors if you do they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid listen to this but when you give a banquet invite the poor the crippled the lame the blind and you will be blessed that's pretty cool although they cannot repay you you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous now what he's not saying he's not saying you guys can't have lunch with your friends anymore he's not saying that but what he's saying is look for the opportunities to bless to serve to honor others with no strings attached right we're doing it for one reason the first reason at least is to honor god the second is to be a load lifter to bless somebody it's not to get something back in return do for others what they cannot do for themselves and expect nothing in return it does not have to be reciprocated for us to do it are you with me and this is why I harp on serving in marriage. You're like, you, you keep saying serve, 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 love, 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 but it's not being reciprocated. My obedience to Jesus does not have to be reciprocated from the people that I come in contact with. I'm obedient to him, and he's going to take care of me. Right? So whether it's in the context of a relationship In your marriage In your workplace, at church We're going to do what we do because God placed that Inside of us This is greatness where we can become like him Where we could give away what God's given to us So we could bless someone else That maybe couldn't do it for themselves I don't, know. I, I don't know why there's such a struggle Do something for somebody Every day in which you don't get paid for To do, right? The apostle Peter summed it up this way And we'll wrap it up here each of you should use whatever gift, listen to this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This is powerful to me because we're reminded that God's given us a gift to use to build up and help other people, and, and it, it's a call to stewardship. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, one, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Two, you have been gifted for ministry. You have not been gifted and anointed to sit on a pew and be a consumer. And there's far, far too many Christians that are just sitting on the sidelines. And my heart is not angry, but rather I want to just implore you to read your Bible, encapsulate the heart of God, and get to work. I believe time is short And I believe God's given you much And to whom much is given, much is required Right? I want to challenge you You will never, ever outgrow the need to serve Are you with me? Right? And I'm not doing this talk today To enlist a bunch of people serving at harvest If you're not, you should be but that's not the heart today. The heart is, this is a way we could be a beautiful expression of a transformed life. That would have been a great place to say amen. amen. right? It's an expression of what God has done in you. It's, it's an expression of gratitude. It's an expression of saying, these people around me matter. So we're not asking what others can do for us, we're asking what we can do for others. That's why when we do things in the community, no strings attached. When we give to the local schools, no strings attached. When we're asked to help someone in need, no strings attached, right? When you come to our food pantry, you don't have to prove how broke you are, right? No strings attached. I think that's honoring, no strings attached. One last passage. Jesus told this story Matthew 25 This is it for me He told a story about the final judgment When the righteous would be uh, invited into God's kingdom Listen to this He said this Matthew 25 Stick with me For I was hungry This is Jesus For I was hungry And you gave me something to eat I was thirsty And you gave me something to drink I was a stranger And you invited me in I needed clothes And you clothed me And I was sick And and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me and then listen he said the righteous would ask verse 37 Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink when did we see a a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you and this is his answer verse 40 come on right stick with me verse 40, truly I tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, listen to this you did it, what? for me, come on, this is awesome, what is he saying? what you do for others, we are doing as unto Christ, are are you tracking? right? let's not lose sight that every encounter could be a divine encounter we miss these because so often our eyes are on ourselves we believe what the Bible says about serving but we may not have the heart or the obedience to serve and my heart is let's close this gap between what we think we know And what we actually live out There are people in your circles That need someone to show up And be Jesus And just serve Sometimes, and I promise I'm done Sometimes people come up to me And they'll say, Pastor, I just want my life to count I want to make an impact And I really believe that they do, by the way Sometimes I'll have a young person come up to me and says pastor. I feel like I'm called in the ministry And that is music to my ears because I believe whether you're young or old God is still calling people into full-time vocational ministry We need great pastors and evangelists and teachers and missionaries. Are you with me? In fact, we should be a church that prays that God will continue to raise up more out of our church So we could cover the earth even better with the gospel of Jesus But they'll come up to me and they'll say I feel called in the ministry Or I feel called to be a missionary. Or I feel called to be a worship leader. And I'm like, that is fantastic. Today you start. What? What? You start serving somebody. Because it's not about platform, it's not about what's seen, it's about a posture of your heart. That going into the ministry or embracing God's call in your life, whether it's full-time ministry or not, is throwing that towel over the arm and say, I'm gonna look for someone to bless, someone to serve, someone to honor, because when we do, they can't help but see the Jesus inside of us. Are you with me, right? There's just something about getting low and putting someone before ourselves. There's just something beautiful about helping someone that can't help us in return. There's something about seeing someone, and even if they're in the mess by their own doing, that you reach out with that long arm of grace and pull them up out of the muck. Are you with me? There's something beautiful about encapsulating God's heart when it comes to serving. Listen, for those of you that work in the nursery, bless you. But you, you, you never will fully understand the difference that you've made in the life of that young mom, that young dad who dropped that baby off, and that was their only hour of relative peace and quiet of the week. And they were able to slide into church take a deep breath and have their spiritual batteries recharged i could tell you firsthand stories of people that come into harvest chapel just broken tired at the end of their rope and they'll say the greeters were so kind the ushers were so helpful the check-in people were so kind and on and on it goes I'm telling you, you may not see the difference you're making, but when you serve the Lord with a pure heart, listen, God will make sure we make a difference, right? So I just, I just want to challenge you to prayerfully consider how you're using your God-given influence and gifts to be a load lifter for someone else. Serving is so very spiritual, and it's so very practical, and I pray that you could get in on what God is doing today. In our world And by using your gifts you can Last thing I would say Hopefully you received one of these when you came in And I encourage you to prayerfully consider Getting involved and in getting off the sidelines And get involved in ministry the at Harvest Chapel All the information you need is in this pamphlet We're not going to do it now But I'm going to pray that God will raise up an army Of, of believers That will say I'm going to step up And I'm going to look out to see how I can make life just a little bit better for somebody else, that I'm gonna look for an opportunity to help someone take their next step in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna lean into the fact that God has gifted me, He's anointed me, and He's called me to this. Which means when we're called and we're gifted and we're anointed, listen, we win. This is God's business, not Wes's. This is what God wants for us. And some of you, this has been the missing piece of your spiritual development is that you've just got lulled into thinking that sitting on the sidelines is enough. It's not. Get off the sidelines and flex your God-given influence to make life better for somebody. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come. And we are grateful for what you're doing at Harvest. And God, I pray we, we, we could receive this message uh, with grace. We could receive this as a, a nudge to get out of our comfort zone. That we could receive it as a word from heaven today that all of us could contribute to someone else's life and development in Jesus. I pray that we could be a church that remains uh, focused on loving people. So God, I pray that as you're nudging hearts this morning, that this won't be just a Sunday morning kind of a feeling, but God, that we could put some feet to our faith. God, as we go, I pray you bless each one. I pray you give them strength and courage. I pray they could lean into what you want to do in their lives. And God, more than anything today, let us leave here knowing that you love us. Not based on our performance, but based on who you are. I thank you for the sweet spirit that's here this morning. And I pray we could leave with that knowing that, God, it does not stop when we leave this building. But this is a launching point into another great week of opportunities to be your hands and feet extended. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise, can we? Amen. Hey, bless you guys. I pray you have a great week. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Harvest Chapel, visit our website, harvestchapel.net. If you want to support any of the ministries at Harvest Chapel, you can do so by visiting harvestchapel.net slash give and choose from several of our giving options. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. We have new messages every week. Feel free to share our message on any of your social media platforms and tag us at harvest.chapel. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next week.